que dejaron Soy todas las obras de lo que se robaron Un pueblo escondido en la cima Mi piel es de cuero, por eso aguanta cualquier clima Soy una fábrica de humo Mano de obra campesina para tu consumo What's good, raza? My name is Juan Carlos Lozano And this is the second season of the PA Podcast Coming to you from Califaslan Unión del Barrio, in San Diego Buenas tardes, raza I am your host, Juan Carlos Lozano and today we are joined today by two very special guests, Compas to be exact. We have UTLA and longtime accomplished Unión del Barrio member, the powerful compa Kelly Flores from Los Angeles, and young producer and media enthusiast extraordinaire and Unión del Barrio member, Armando Moroño from San Diego. How are you, Compas? Great. Thank you, Compa. Good to be yeah. here. Good to be here, too. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you uh, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your perspective on all these topics uh, that we have at hand. So let's go ahead and jump right in if it's okay with all of you. Of course. So the status of the virus. So currently in the United States, excuse me, we have a total cases of 632,548 confirmed. Uh, and total deaths, 31,071. Um, and this is from the CDC website here. Uh, who knows if we could even trust that thing. But, uh, but yeah, those are the stats in California, to be exact. I'll go ahead and pull those up in a little bit. But I wanted to ask, Compa, Compa Kelly, how, how have, you, uh, have you gone out in, in L.A.? How, what's the status of L.A. Uh, now? Because um, if you could shed any insight. I think I have some insight, you know, right? Um, I live in South Central Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and uh, I live in a household of four. We live in a little house in the Crenshaw District, kind of like Hyde Park area, and uh, one of us is an essential worker and continues to work. I have two kids at home, um, an adult son, and he's uh, in college, right? And so their college switched to be online, and my daughter's just home. And she's been, you know, becoming like a baker extraordinaire. But I'm the one who's gone out. <laughs> um, my son has done a little bit of biking, but I've been really cautious. I've been really demanding. I've asked them to really, you know, stay home if they do go out to wear masks, you know, um, to be safe, to be distanced. But it's difficult here in the hood, you know, people carry on and people have to work to make a living. And so like a lot of folks who are out of work, are hustling on the streets, right? Like selling safety masks and hand sanitizers and whatnot. And that's like on every corner. You go out on Saturday or Sunday, it looks like any other Saturday or Sunday, you know, it, people are not really staying home. Oh. Part of it is that people here really can't stay home, the working class. Mm -hmm. um, and then part of it is just like the culture, you know, like we're just a very connected um, people who celebrate, you know, um, different things. Like when the anniversary of the murder of Nipsey Hussle, that was yeah. really, really hard because people were being told to stay home and people didn't want to stay home and people weren't staying home. So then, you know, the pigs have come out in force a few times. I've even heard like from other activists, like I've stopped going to the grocery stores and you know, I've trying to be more cautious, go to little mom and pop places too, because I don't want to give those big corporate chains a lot of money. But, you know, I've heard that the, the pigs are like in the parking lot of the Ralphs around the corner, like patrolling people. And you know, you don't see that on the West side. When I had to go drive over to the West side to do an errand, 
Like honestly, where the more wealthy people live, people are walking around without masks. They're jogging like it's any other day. They're on their bikes. They're hanging out together. They're going to like parks as if like, you know, they're, they're, they're buddies, you know, they're just, they're just not, they're not doing the social distancing or the physical distancing that um, the healthcare workers are asking us to do. And it really sucks because I have family and friends that are nurses and hospital workers and it's putting their lives at risk and it's making us not flatten the curve. And then you have these announcements from, you know, we in LA get these weekly updates from the yeah. governor. We get the, the daily updates from the mayor. So our mayor Garcetti, mm -hmm. you know, at 515 every day, you know, tells us how we're doing. And in a, in a larger context says that we're doing pretty well because we're not exhausting, you know, the emergency rooms, right? We're not exhausting the, the, the things that happened like in New York because they didn't have enough staff and, and whatnot. We're okay right now with the numbers, but that kind of message goes quickly to the brains of other people like, okay, things are good. So let's get back on it. You know, Trump is saying that, you know, our economy sucks and we should be getting back to work soon. Right. right. So I think that's a lot of what I'm seeing. You're seeing that type of notion go through with it. So kind of a carelessness because of the top down type of thing then? I'm not really sure. I can tell you that, you know, when I'm out walking in my street on my block and around the corner, you know, it's like a 50-50 um, people who are out are either wearing masks or they're trying to stay away from each other. There's a consciousness. But at the same time, I think that people don't have an, like it's just such a varying level of information because our society here, this capitalist one, you know, relying on corporate media when one says one thing and one says the other thing, the information is like trickling down. It's not getting to the masses in the way that we need it. Like in Cuba, you know, that, that information goes to the one station that you can rely on for your daily news. Like everybody knows what's up. That doesn't happen here and it's unfortunate. And then you have leaders um, that are not actual leaders that are not showing themselves to, to be practicing what they should be practicing. I mean, I think we have a little bit better here in California and our mayor is, you know, doing okay. I know he's gotten props from people, but mm. we still have a long way to go. Like, you know, they said, okay, we're gonna house the homeless during this crisis, da, da, da. That hasn't happened. You know, the homeless are still all over the streets, yeah. you know, um, and yeah. it's a pain. Getting it ticketed really too, getting ticketed too. Yeah, no, it's a pain. I mean, we're going to touch on, 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 well, I mean, seven Midwestern uh, states are already planning to open uh, very, very soon. Texas is going to do it apparently next week. Uh, so I already know why they're doing that because they're capitalist pigs. So, uh, but, uh, but uh, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, compa, compa Kelly, um, why, what, what's the reason why they're not a, what, what are they saying over there regarding uh, the homeless population? What are, they, what are they doing? Are they ticketing people as well in Los Angeles? Have you seen that? I've seen that happen. I, I saw the post from, you know, friends in San Diego about, about them, like, ticketing and kicking them out. I don't see that happening here. But, oh, okay. I mean, I, I'm on different networks, and, and I'm, not, I'm not listening maybe to that direct part. What I do know is... Um, you know, they had said at some point that they were going to open up hotel rooms so that yeah. the homeless could go. And then they were going to take this area and turn it into like a camp or a place that a homeless could converge downtown, but then said that they needed to get like a, a permit or approval or some kind of something that are going to turn into a trailer park. And I'm like, well, then how many homeless folks actually have access to a trailer or are they going to provide them? And it's like, how does that work? Like, I think a lot of it's just like um, haphazard and just, you know, talk and that, People are just, you know, in terms of the, the city leadership, they're just, 
I think they're really trying to make a name for themselves, but they're really not, they have no clue what they're doing and, and they're not actively outreaching. I know that there are outreach workers that are going out on a daily basis, talking to people and telling them what resources there are. And the reason I know this is because they're people that I hang with, right? They're like yeah. people that I know that are like going to the, the day laborers and telling them these are the options that you have, you know, and it, but it's not a concerted organized effort. It's not like, you know, um, Garcetti says, this is what I'm going to have all the police force do because they're the main street workers. We're going to give all of them masks and have them go out there. And, mm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I like that would work, but what I'm saying is that it's just like, okay, this person here and this person there, there is not a concerted effort to yeah. address the issue of the homeless. Yeah. Yeah. No, over here in San Diego, they're getting ticketed and instead of uh, providing housing for our homeless population here, they, um, they gave out small business loans. <laughs> I got an email <laughs> From uh, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to to uh, the council member that 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 sent me that. Her name is Monica Montgomery. Um, I consider her I consider her a friend, but I I, I, I disagree with her on various uh, various things, and, and that's one of the things that I disagree with. I guess that you know, there's a lot of small business owners out here, and I understand that that we're all up in the come up, but come on, all small business grants and loans rather than homeless housing homeless. The homeless population that is, ah, come on, that's just horrible. It's unspeakable. I think stuff. that they even, I think that at the federal level, though, they they curtailed that process right. of trying to provide, you know, the small businesses um, some of that money that they're relieving, that they're, you know, bailing out the banks and the corporations again. It's just, just you know, it's a it's a mind fuck. It's like you're thinking, okay, they planned this, right? Like they must have planned, it. you know, and you know because the, like they already even you know senators knew ahead of time and started to take their investments and change them like if you know that right isn't is this something yeah. that was i have a friend she's a nurse i mean yeah. she was like telling me i'm listening to this woman you know she used to work for the army she's saying that this was you know a disease that was definitely transmitted um you know via an injection meaning like vaccinations oh, rather than being an error yeah i mean there's a lot of conspiracy theories out yeah, there but honestly like there's a lot of cover-up and so it makes you really wonder you know well for sure it I really mean, does yeah no of course not not out of the table but i think the you know it won't, we got to address the situation at hand like you like you said compa like there needs to be a concerted effort to fight this first and then we can go ahead and do the digging you know simultaneously but we need to do that we need to do that first i think um, compa, compa Armando, I want to get your take on your, uh, your viewpoint of San Diego right now. Um, you know, from your household, I know you were in quarantine because your situation is actually pretty particular. I don't know if you'd like to expand on that to, for the audience to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, my partner flew in from Taiwan, uh, like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she was a traveler. This thing was just getting, you know, like it was increasing by the hundreds and thousands every day. So we were like, Nimolo, like we have to do it. And and so I quarantined for two weeks um, mm-hmm. with them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I don't know. Like it's kind of quiet where I live, to be honest. There's yeah. a lot of old folks, you know. Mm-hmm. but you know it was it was crazy because we we'd go out right like to walk the dog or whatever and it's like people don't take the like stay away like six feet apart thing all mm-hmm. that seriously over here like people are just like almost walking up to you and it's like why and they don't make an effort either like 
<laughs> like they see you and they stay and it's like like what are we gonna do like are you gonna move am i gonna move like you know how's this gonna go down and you know um i'm back home now and my my dad keeps working um he delivers uh, groceries for other people so it's also essential um and so he's still working i'm working from home gratefully i'm very very grateful for that but it's still like yesterday i heard someone having a party or not a party but i mean it hurt like like it sounded like a party you know um <laughs> yeah. maybe they were just like playing their speakers on blast but i don't know um and every day i hear the paletero every day i hear like a yeah. bunch of cars moving in the morning it's kind of like damn like and you know it's 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 something that we've all said but it's like you know i live I live, you know, in Section 8 housing, so these people are working class. They have to go to work. That's I mean, that right. paletero, I've, you know, he's seen me grow up. He knows me since I was, like, 12, <laughs> you know, and it's, like, I know who he is, and I know that he has to do this um, every single day, and he's, you know, he's pretty old, so it's scary. It's scary that, you know, we're seeing so much coverage on this yeah. topic yeah but it's like that's it like you're only going to see the news yeah there's nothing else happening it's just like oh this is happening okay cool like if you need to go to work go to work mm-hmm. you know but oh but also like there's like 30k people that just died so yeah. i don't know you know like yeah. and my zip code right now is up to 65 cases well, okay. as of yesterday, I think, which is like, damn, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a scary. Lot. Yeah, no, and you could track. Yeah, your, you could track your data. Yeah, and it's 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 like constantly growing. Like I said, sixty-five yesterday, mm-hmm. like a week ago, it was like eighteen. Yeah. No, you know? it's, so it's like. No, it's a shame. It's a shame. It. This this capitalism is crumbling right in front of us, and the and the picture just get really really clearer and clearer as a day and weeks go by mm-hmm. uh, as to how much uh, this is this is all a facade this is all a, uh, a what do they say a kabuki theater essentially to get the corporatists you know get to to engage in full-fledged corporatism engage in full-fledged mm-hmm. corporatism not give a f about the workers and and force them out there you know compa kelly do you have anything to add on that do I have anything to add? Yeah. Okay. I, sorry. I was distracted actually um, because, you know, you're talking about this and it just reminds me of stuff. My sister is sick, right? And, um, she, you know, the, 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 the testing, I just have to say this out there, like the testing is completely unreliable. And all of the stuff that I've been reading and listening to, to doctors who've had it, to, um, you know, residents of, that have had it or, you know, spouses of people who've passed away, like, for example, you can either have it and, and not know it and carry it and then there's no test for that or you can have it and then feel like you're fine and the next na- day you know you're on the, the ground dead i mean it's very drastic there's very different changes in each person in each case it's been different the symptoms there's some level of um similarity right mm-hmm. which is why they're telling doctors that when they make the diagnosis it's a symptomatic diagnosis that is uh above the test because the tests have t- come out false positives and false negatives. So, you know, even if we massively test people, it's unreliable at this point from what I've seen. 
And I'm telling you this because, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, my sister was sick and she says, I'm sure it's just allergies. It's the time of year that I get allergies, you know. Um, she's up in Portland. And I'm like, okay, you know, well, I'm just going to keep, you know, monitoring you. I'm going to be talking to you. And, you know, she, she got better. And it's one day she called, she said, you know, it's been two weeks. I'm feeling so, so much better. My fever is gone. You know, um, the massive headaches and all the aches are kind of going away. So she went to the grocery store, which she went with a mask yeah. and then she came home, you know, and I was like kind of upset with her, but she said that, you know, she didn't want to keep taxing out her kids to bring her groceries. So whatever, you know, she also wanted to get out. She's in the house for like two weeks. Well, she's sick again. And this time she says she feels the, the two days or three days ago, I talked to her. So I haven't talked to her in a while that she felt like she was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and she doesn't smoke, you know, hasn't since she was a teen. And she also has been sleeping like constantly, like nonstop. And that's the same way one of my friends in New York described her experience, right? The same exact thing that my sister was saying. And, um, you know, now she had an appointment and she said that she was, you know, going to follow whatever the doctor said. Yeah. But she has bipolar disorder. She's taking medication and they don't know if it's the COVID symptoms or if it's a medication that's causing her to oversleep so much. And at this point, you know, she told me, she promised me, she talked to me, she hasn't called me. And my mom, I had to intervene with my mom and she's like, yeah, you know, she's just really tired. She's just really mm -hmm. tired. And that's what I've been reading about. So it's really mm -hmm. stressful for me. Um, so I, you know, been texting my nieces waiting for a response back to see if, you know, like she's texted them because she's alone and they're all, they're all separated. <laughs> it's a crazy, you know, time we're going through. And then you see people just acting like nothing's happening. Right. Or our government, like being totally unprepared or like, you know, the federal government having fired, you know, their pandemic experts years back before this started. I mean, so it really is like, people are saying that they're sad and depressed and I'm like, I'm angry. Like I, yes, I'm sad sometimes. And yes, I'm depressed sometimes. And yes, I have anxiety, but I'm actually really angry. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't know what to do with that. You know? Yeah. This is, this is why I do this. <laughs> this is why I do this. So I can get this anger. I'll go, but no, I, I completely agree with you. I'm just, I'm angry from the top down, you know, as I see the, the rest of the world, that's apparently, underdeveloped, apparently authoritarian, such as Venezuela and Cuba, being able to provide services, not only to their population, but to the rest of the international population. And we have a, a, a ridiculous in chief person here that cares more about ratings and news conferences, campaigning, uh, and the election and giving money in, uh, to himself and to the rest of his buddies than us, than people, but that's no surprise to us. And that's why we organize every day. That's why you organize every day. That's why uh, right before we talked about this, we were talking about the fact that, you know, you just have to keep on working. You have to keep on jiving, you know, you just have to keep on moving. It's stressful, but you're good. You know, we come, we're in this position. We're in this, I consider it to be a privileged position in which we have this type of thinking and that we're able to organize our thoughts and able to, and our energy towards something that's positive, you know? Mm -hmm. So I commend both of you for that. Honestly, I really do commend you both. Um, but I really hope that people start taking this seriously. I mean, it's going to take all of us. Uh, it's going to take a Kelly. It's going to take an Armando. It's going to take Juan Carlos, you know, to be that probably, I don't know if, whether I'm the bad guy or the good guy or the, or the medium guy or whatever. If I have to remind you every day and be that naggy person, I will. And I hope people who are listening will do the same. <laughs> but uh, we're going to keep on talking about COVID specifically on how education has been affected. Could you shed some light, some light on that? I know that you know more than me when it comes to that. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the, the shift, you know, has happened around the same time for most of 
the state, right? Like where we shut down more or less the second week of March, you know, some a little bit after, some a little bit before. And for public education, um, you know, the K through 12 had kind of shifted to online. I would say that the first couple of weeks of the shutdown, people didn't really know quite what to do. And then there was scrambling at like how to do it. And, um, you know, like in our district, a very large district, you know, we've got um, like 30,000 teachers and wow. you know, 900,000 students. So we have, we, have, we have all these, you know, students out there, their families and teachers. And the district really didn't have uh, a plan ahead of time. And the students, some of them have technology, some don't, some have internet, some don't. So it, it, it's like, how do you do online teaching and learning when A, not everybody has access, right? right. So it became a big question of, of access and equity. And then B, you know, if people even have like, um, you know, internet at home and then like C, the type of conditions that the people that we're expecting to, to engage with us have in the conditions in their homes, right? So all of these things have been, you know, rolled out on top of us and we're still kind of like, um, I guess, swimming through the mud, trying to figure it out. Like, how do we, how do we get to a space that's um, healthy and, and safe for everybody? Um, I will say that, you know, because of our union and our unions, plural, like we've done a lot of work and, and that's typically how it's been. Like, we are like, okay, everybody, let's get together what should we do, you know, what's equitable, what's just, what is our, what are our families need, what are our students need, how do we address this in yeah. a humane way? And so like for us, um, we've been working kind of nonstop. Our negotiations team during our spring break, right, like spent literally a 24-hour session, like 8 a.m. To, to midnight, wow. shut down, woke up the next day, 8 a.m. to midnight to be able to get some type of contract language that protects the teachers and the students and their families together. I mean, this language isn't just for the teachers and the working conditions. It's also about the students and their learning conditions. And I feel like, um, you know, we're coming to a head of leadership. I think this is a time where people can really look to their unions and join unions. I think we're union strong. I hope that all those teachers out there that were skeptical or not as connected will now definitely be appreciative and join. Um, we even got um, compensation for day-to-day -day substitutes. I mean, that's that's almost unheard of. We've also begun bargaining um, with other unions together. So it's sort of like we talk to San Francisco, San Diego, Oakland. We get together with them and say, hey, you know, what are you guys asking for? How did you do this? And that kind of common good collective bargaining, because it's not only about us, it's also about our communities. You know, it's, it's a really um, powerful thing. And so I think in education, we're taking a step in the right direction. We're trying to get students' devices. I mean, there's a lot of corporate, you know, um, connections in this, like our district got uh, an agreement from Amazon, they got, you know, internet agreed to by Verizon, you know, they're getting devices. So there's all these like corporate you know, collaborations together, but at the same time, we're the ones saying, you know, all the kids should have access and nobody should be held, you know, it, all the grades should be held harmless. Nobody should be harmed, you know, if they're not able to access education in this format. And then at another level, like the university level, they've kind of switched everything to online. They haven't given enough training, not only for the students, but also for the, the staff. And that's kind of where we're at. And, but that's why we negotiated around it. Like we need time for training. We need, you know, the kids need training. We need to to slow this thing down. So I think we have a handle of it, at least in Los Angeles and in the state of California for K through 12 public education. I'm still a little bit worried about the universities, um, mm. to be honest with you. you know, some are saying that they're not gonna open in the fall. Um, the university, you know, the California Faculty Association is concerned with the, um, the fact that they might require teachers or professors to be 
online professors going forward, which increases their caseload like trifold, right? And it also yeah. takes away that that experience that we know, like, you know, with the, the pedagogy and the, the critical pedagogy we need to do is about praxis. And so I don't know if you have other questions specifically about, you know, what it's like to be teaching in these times. I had you kind of wanting to bring in another um, one of our members who's yeah. also a teacher who has uh, kids at home because then there's that side of it too um, that's really challenging, especially with little, little kids. You know, she's expected to engage with her students to be teaching her students and yet her own kids are at home and she has to take care of them and they'll, they don't understand. So they're fighting over toys in the background while she's trying to teach, you know? Um, and these kind of situations are very stressful um, and very difficult, which is why, you know, we do need each other and we do need to have our unions and we need, need to have people like stand up and push back. And so we push for a lot of flexibility. So we have to, um, what we agreed to is a total of 240 minutes of quote unquote instruction, which includes lesson planning, that includes support for students, that includes meetings, that includes professional development on a daily basis, and it can be flexible. So it doesn't have to be 240 minutes at a set schedule every single day. A lot of the teachers are reporting that the kids are not engaging and a lot of them are not on their regular schedules anymore. A lot of them are taking care of other siblings that have roles and responsibilities within the home and a lot of them can't you know, get on a device. So there's all of those issues that you know, have come up where we have to be flexible. And and that's why we have, um, you know, created these policies that the, the students will not be harmed, the grades will not drop, um, that we're going to try to provide the mental health support that we can, that we're, our teachers are going to be flexible and in, in they're accessing, um, you know, their work environment. Yeah, no, I mean, I can, I, can already, I can already see all the obstacles that are going on right now. Uh, for all the students out there, I mean, I, we were just talking to Compa Maria, Maria Flores, who didn't have internet access whatsoever, um, except on her phone. And now she has to work on her phone, you know, and, you know, what about the people who don't have those resources, like you said? So uh, I, I, I thank you for what you're doing, compa, uh, behind the scenes, which never gets as much credit as it truly deserves. Everybody else gets the damn credit. Elected officials get the damn credit. But thank you. Thank you very much, compa Kelly. We really appreciate your efforts. Um, I wanted to to, uh, to briefly ask you for your opinion. We're going to touch on a couple of subjects here. Well, is there any is there any call to action that that you need from from Raza from our from our people of support uh, when it comes to when it comes to what what the unions are doing, what you're doing behind the scenes, compa? Is there anything that we can do to support you? Okay, so for that question, like um, with my educator hat on. I'm going to go ahead and forward uh, a survey to you. So outside of the unions, there are union activist teachers who have created a, an organization called California Educators United. And they have a platform of demands, you know, that, that we've been pretty much as a union been able to implement locally here um, for our students and our families. But on, on what they're trying to do is with the survey is collect data to be able to use that, you know, to, to speak with officials, right, and to push the agenda and our objectives. So that is a survey that is um, intended for uh, educators to spread amongst themselves. So I'll forward that to you. And if you could possibly, you know, it's a link that people can get through their emails to yeah. take that survey. Perfect. Okay. Totally do that for sure. All right. We'll see what other topic. Oh, sorry. I needed to ask you that before, before we moved on. 
Thank you. Um, so just your thoughts on Trump and his administration, the neoconservatives pulled out of the World Health Organization, the debt, the, the 500 million that they were given in the World Health Organization. What, what are your thoughts, compa Armando, on this just briefly? I mean, what do we expect from fucking people in power that are neglect science and neglect people who, you know, are really, you know, they're in it and and they're the they're the experts and you know these conservatives don't believe absolutely anything having to do with with science so yeah no surprise there compa kelly any any thoughts on that one i think it's ridiculous um you know and i think that it, it's really gonna come down to you know are we going to allow an idiot to remain in power right i think there has to be some way of transforming the the situation you know and we have to use it to our advantage to mobilize i'm not talking about for the democratic party i <laughs> i knew a lot a lot of Sanders supporters and i can see that they are not willing to jump on the party bandwagon anymore to support somebody like biden who they consider to be just as bad as trump in many ways and this yeah. with the same neoliberal agenda and you know with you know, his tendencies of, of really this misogynistic ways. So I actually saw that in person. I mean, I he was invited as one of the 10 candidates that came to the National Educators Association meeting last summer, Whoa. got on stage. He was one of the first speakers. And I got that vibe from him, the way that he, you know, shook the hand of our um, female president, the way he complimented her. And this was in front of us of, you know, 10,000 people, but the, the executive board of the National Educator Association went ahead and early endorsed him without the agreement of the, the body of the leader, you know, the, the rest of us. Um, so that's wow. unfortunate. Um, but I think that now we need to be able to continue that idea of creating an alternative party and not going along with this, you know, two-party system. It's not serving our needs anymore. And in a time of crisis like this, in a global crisis and pandemic we need to reorganize and we need to like really be out there and pushing that idea of we need to envision a better world now like now is the time right now if there isn't a time you know it's a time now kind of like what bernie supporters were saying to bernie you know now is the time for healthcare medical for all now is the time to advocate that but he never did that that's why he conceded uh but uh i wanted to i, I wanted to uh, also point out the fact that we're May 1st is coming up, so support your unions. Uh, uh, support, uh, support your unions and uh, you know, pay attention to our, our UDP page as well and uh, plug in because we're all workers out here. Unemployed, employed or not, we're all workers. We all work. We know somebody that works. So we all have to find common place with that. If it's not the time today in, an, in a pandemic where we need to put importance on all the things that we value, then there is no time for this. So please support May 1st. Um, so I wanted to touch on briefly on the shit show that's been going on in the Midwest and, and specifically anywhere that there are Trump supporters, Michigan specifically, they've, they've been protesting the stay at home, stay at home order. Uh, did you, did you see that? Did you all see that yesterday that they started protesting all crazy? I think you mentioned it, compa Kelly. I'm sorry. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think we already touched on it. What are your thoughts on that? I'll take any opportunity to trash on people who shouldn't be doing that. So, <laughs> so. Your thoughts. I mean, fuck you. Let him. Let him hang out. Let him <laughs> get it, and you know, just fucking no. get it right there, fool. Shit. Oh, I mean, but God dang, isn't that obscene? That is ridiculous, right? 
it's turning into campaign rallies. The, these these news briefings. Have have you have you watched any of the news briefings or the press conferences that uh, the White House press conference? Copa Kelly. Any thoughts on those? I, I try not to. Honestly, I tried to <laughs> just fuck that shit. It's so stupid. Me too. Me too. Germany too, though, right? Like, so the alt right in Germany are, are doing the same thing. You don't see this kind of behavior in countries that are doing really well with this pandemic. And I'm just going to say it right here: Vietnam. Like, look at what Vietnam did. Vietnam immediately shut down when they saw this shit happening in China and they were like, we need to stop now. And they made everybody stay home and they make everybody wear masks and they got everybody tested. And Cuba, I mean, unfortunately, there have been a few deaths and there has been some infection. They were from people who traveled into Cuba and Cuba is going out and they're bringing medicine and they're helping mm -hmm. people all over the entire, entire globe. So we need leadership like Vietnam and Cuba. And I'm really hoping that the world sees that. Yeah, I really hope so too. I think every everybody else, the so-called undeveloped or, or developed world, except where there are neoliberal or neocon governments such as France and, and here and Bolivia and Chile and all these, it's messed up now, man. But but yeah, I really hope that people are seeing that. And it's pretty clear in the international picture who is leading the front. And it's all the yep. underdeveloped nations, apparently. <laughs> so, so hey. Socialist, socialist nations. That's right. Socialist nations. Yeah. Ooh, socialism. Ooh. Uh, so I want to touch on a couple of things here. So the FBI is looking out for companies rather than workers. Uh, they are warning corporations and companies of employees uh, manufacturing false test results for the COVID-19 crisis. They just, they just did that. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that briefly? <laughs> No surprise. <laughs> like I said, you know, I don't I already um, from the testimonies that I've been hearing and I've been listening to, I've been listening to, uh, you know, hospital workers and doctors, a lot of them from New York and, and, and listening to people give testimonies uh, across the nation and the world about their experience and about the testing. Like there's nothing that's in all. I think that the testing that we've heard about here, the very little of, there's a lack of it, everybody acknowledges it, but what there is, isn't enough. It's not enough. It's false positives, or you didn't get enough of the mucus on the swab, or didn't go deep enough mm -hmm. in that, and the blood test, you know, it took days to get back, and the person was dead by then. Like, we can't rely on that. So we have to rely on the symptoms, number one, and we have to be able to provide treatment that people need. And so, you know, Cuba has this um, interferon alpha, to be drug that they're saying they use with malaria, with HIV and other, and Ebola, and they were able to, you know, it's a, like a counterimmune system to when your immune system attacks your body and your organs, and that's, they start to shut down, and that's how people end up um, intubated and, you know, on um, respirators, and eventually a lot of them are put into a medical coma, and not very many of them survive after that, right? And they don't know what to tell, you know, the family members, you know, they can't speak to them anymore because they're not able to speak. It's a really sad situation, but at least the Cubans are trying something that they have seen have some effect. And so what needs to happen is that people worldwide need to be, um, have the access and the materials to do the research right now and get the medicine that is effective. There's another, there's another drug out there and it actually is being studied. I looked it up after the radio program. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now because it's an A, and it does something similar to the interferon alpha 2B that the Cubanos are using. But it's just like, you know, the medicine that's going to follow the pandemic, it's behind. And the last thing that I would like to say is that people need to keep taking it seriously. And if we reopen, it's going to happen just like it did with the Spanish flu. Um, in 1918, after people thought that it was gone and done and over with, it came back twice as strong. 
And that's something we need to be able to avoid. We're already seeing a little bit of that in China and in other places. So we need to, to just be able to continue the practice of physical distancing, wearing the mask and trying to be as safe as possible. Yeah. I mean, I can't add, I can't add, anything, can't add anything more than that, Culpa. So what would you say to the Catholic churches in New Mexico or the Catholic church in New Mexico that's opening up for mass despite uh, the stay-at-home order, Compa? What would you, what would you say to the pastor? I, I'm, I'm sorry, Armando, I know you have a lot to say. I'm just going to say it's not even just New Mexico, okay? There are three churches here in, in Southern California that are suing right now. And they're suing because they're saying that it's their First Amendment right to be able to hold, you know, mass and have and people come and attend them. And yeah. they feel that they're essential. It's crazy. I, I mean, honestly, like they're, they're, they're few, but there are, they are out there. And I think that they're putting other people at risk. I mean, look at the Navajo nation, you know, look at the Hopi nation. They're suffering. They don't even have access to like running water and you're in New Mexico and you're going to like spread that because then you're going to go travel through, or maybe somebody's going to have to leave the reservation. They're going to bring it back. Like that's not fair, right? It's not the most vulnerable are always going to be the ones to suffer and die. And you have to look at that, you know, those callings and those type of people as forging genocide. Hi, compa. That is right. Uh, compa Armando, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, it's the same thing with like conservatives and, and the right wing, right? It, they're the same people. I mean, they're, you know, they, they see the same things in a very different context. So these people think that it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's all right to like express the freedom of religion or whatever. And, you know, it's they have mass followings and and like compa kelly said it's not just in new mexico it's happening like yeah. in mexico it's like all over people are gathering to pray and to like pray it out and it's like hello <laughs> like have you seen anything like and it's not up until recently that even mexico itself like the whole state thought it was fake there's yeah. still some people that think it's fake. It's like, mm. what do you mean? Like, is the whole world just faking it or what? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same kind of people. And it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if those people going to church are the same people going to those rallies to protest. Like, would not be at all surprised. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, oh, it's unfortunate. I'll just, the, the clip that I saw of that lady last week or two weeks ago, excuse me, that said that she was coming out of a, just come back from mass and she had a whole family in the van and she got interviewed by CNN and they asked her, you think it's responsible for you to do this? Even though you have a whole family, she said, it's fine because she's covered in the blood of Jesus. So there's that line of thinking. There's that line of thinking. Yeah. And, um, it's like a lot of people think that, you know, this is like, um, yeah, never mind. You already said it. But yeah, yeah, like they go and they're like, oh, yeah. like this is this is gonna save me yeah. from getting it ever. Yeah, it's yeah. backwards, backwards. But I also wanted to ask you both on your opinion when it comes to lotteries were deemed essential, and WWE wrestling was deemed essential too in Florida. Oh, hmm. <laughs> is it just a mockery? All <laughs> uh, oh, this is too much shit, right? There's just. It's just too much shit. You know, I heard, I saw a meme and um, uh, going through Facebook, it said, you know, everywhere else in the world, it's COVID-19, right? But in, in California, it's all this shit, all this shit going on. Yeah, <laughs> like we have so many things going on, so many things. Like, uh, did you guys, did you, did you watch or did you, did you catch a glimpse of, uh, what is it, a Kellyanne Conway? 
um, saying that uh, that people need to know the facts uh, regarding the the World Health Organization because this is COVID nineteen. Yeah. This is COVID nineteen. So, <laughs> so so she thinks in her mind that there's that been there's a COVID one. Others. COVID two, COVID three, <laughs> COVID four. Kellyanne Conway, might I add. For those of you who don't oh, know, for those of you who don't know, Kellyanne Conway is the counselor to the president. She's been that. So she thinks that there were 18 COVIDs. The reason why COVID-19 is COVID-19 is because COVID was discovered in 2019. So we got yep. those people at the ears, you know, at the ears of the president. And what are your thoughts on that, uh, uh, Compa Kelly? I know you really, <laughs> you've already exhausted. Yeah, yeah, I'm over it. I'm like, you know what? You can't, you can't, you can't, what do you, what do they say about being stupid? You, there's just no place for it. Like, what are you going to do? He's, is, she's as stupid as he is? Like, I mean, the, it makes no sense to me whatsoever how people can know, like, that, that the people in charge are lying on a daily basis. I mean, the whole fact-checking thing went out, blew out of proportions because they can't keep up with the lies that Trump tell. Yep. You know, even, even corporate media, like, look at the LA Times. You know, LA Times, uh, you know, calls out Trump every single day whether it's on the front page the middle of the page on their own opinion every day right and it's like and they're not the only media outlet besides the washington post and all these others it's like and he's always complaining about media being against him but he he's you know it's true i, I mean the, the question that i have was like why hasn't someone taken him down yet you know like that's what i'm saying like i don't i don't understand that that's beyond me um i wonder if that's a, a conspiracy right there i mean i'm going to tell you that those people that are ignoring you know the stay at home are one thing, but the people that have access to like these underground systems, like the military does, you yeah. know, they have these 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 beautiful, elaborate places that they've all sent them underground to be protected from, right? Yeah. And they've also um, these billionaires, you know, they have been you know building up to this, you know, they have these fortresses, you know, that have like swimming pools and multiple level housing, and they have their own like hospital wards, and I mean, it's crazy the mm -hmm. amount of wealth that the people have that have, they don't even have to worry about anything. They have, they're all their needs are, are met and more and more than, and they, and they continue to, to rule. Right. Yeah. And so we're the ones that are being left behind. We're the only ones that are going to save ourselves. Solo pueblo, salvo pueblo. And that's it. And that's why we have to like, you know, find the means are, of our own. That's why we're growing our own food. That's why we're sharing with our neighbors. That's why we're doing these info um, podcasts to let people know what's actually happening. You know, that's why we have the solidarity with one another and we need to, you know, step up our game in terms of international solidarity and yeah. be like the Cubanos, right? That's right. That's right. Compa. Anything to add to that, Compa Armando? Um, I mean, not really, other than, like, you know, after this is over, and I know that's, like, you know, <laughs> where it's... 2022. Yeah, like, but if people really, like, look at organizations like ours, and they're not down for it, it's like, did you just live through what I lived, and, like, through what we all lived right now? Like, this is the perfect time to start thinking, how can I... Like, if this were to happen again, how am I going to help my community? How are we going to be the ones protecting it? So I think that there's a perfect opportunity for our organization and other organizations to push um, applications and just get people into organizations and just lead them to where we're going to be set as a as a community. Because the more our members grow and the more communities we we 
we get into, the better commu community we, we're going to build and the better networks that we're going to have. Because, you know, like the ruling class, like Kumpa Kelly just said, it's like, they're, you know, they're in their castles, they're all over that. They're the one, they're the first ones getting tested because they have the resources. They're the first ones with all the medicine. They're, yep. They don't, they don't need anything else. I mean, mm -hmm. they don't need to do essential shopping because they live like nothing ever bad is going to happen because it's not, especially now that we're having all these like corporations being, you know, having help from, from the government and, and, you know, where is that help going to, like, what, is, what does Wall Street get to a $3.2 trillion? And, you know, here in the community, like there's not even like, a safe spot where we can go to get masks or like there's wow. like not enough materials and and essential um or yeah essential materials for anyone mm -hmm. you know we're running out as a country we're running out of materials and so you know i hope people after this are really really considering joining an organization and joining something that's going to help the community grow and you know so we can depend on each other because you know that's what builds community it's that's right, compa. And, and as I've been doing on the podcast, the, the past couple of podcasts, I've been trying to provide an olive branch to all the all the Bernie family over there that supported Bernie. I got mm. let down heavily uh, in the in the past four years in a five five years in a row. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know, come over here. You know, we're not cowards over here. We stick by our beliefs. We're gonna go ahead and. Uh, and present ourselves the way that we always do, which is with the truth. You know, imperialism, colonialism, capitalism are the evils of this world and we need to eradicate them, period. We're not about reform, but come through. Come through, please. Uh, and I would advocate, you know, don't wait until after the, uh, the pandemic. Do it now when you're angry, when you mm -hmm. want to do something, when you need to do something, when we're literally sitting at home. It's the moment in time when you have to take advantage of it and, and seek through it. So please, mm -hmm. all my Bernie friends and family, I know, I know more than more than enough. I have more than enough friends. They mean well. They're good-hearted people. Um, just you know, as the clear as the picture is getting clearer for you, you know, let me let let us let us get the Windex and you know help you out a little bit with no. And I'm not even trying to talk about like you know in a disrespectful way. I mean it in a loving way and a really and a really you know embracing way because we need you as much as as much as you need us. So, so let's do this together. Let's do this together. We don't judge. At all. At all. At all. Please. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, okay. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and end it with, with this. Uh, just, I'd like to ask the compas here, since we're pandemic times and hard-ass times, what are, you, what are you doing to stay active? And what do you say to Rasa now uh, that during, this, during this time? What would, you, what would you like to leave the audience with? Um, compa Kelly, we can start with you, if it's okay. Well, I want to give a shout out to one of our um, comrades. You know, she's been all over the place, San Diego, LA, Oxnard. Her name is Cristina Lares, and uh, on one of our uh, phone meetups, like, she talked about her being quarantined in her apartment as yeah. a pregnant person, right? And, like, that's kind of crazy to think about. And what she does for a living, her job, she's an instructor, um, a yoga instructor, among other things. And so she mentioned to the comrades, like, you know, our, our yoga studio went online. You guys should check it out. It's called People's Yoga, right? So it's like people of color who um, host their 
online classes. So I signed up and I took my first class today. So I got, I got to wake up with one of my comrades and, and uh, you know, one of the teachers, you know, teaching yoga. And it, it, it is very um, relaxing. And, and it was something that I said I needed. I said I needed some, like, physical activity because I just... People's What's that? Yoga? The people's oh, yoga. The people's, the people's yoga. You can look nice. it up online. Um, it's online classes and it's very affordable and beautiful people. I actually did people's yoga at um, Hawkins High School where I taught a few years back. Nice. They used to come in and for free and and do yoga with the teachers and the students. And, and it was beautiful then and it's beautiful now. So yeah, I'm thankful. That's dope. That's really cool. So shout out to Compa Cristina and uh, check out the people's the people's yoga check out people's yoga yeah. the people's yoga um we'll provide that information that's really dope i didn't know that that's so cool mm -hmm. yeah that's it's pretty cool yeah compa compa armando what have you been doing to stay active man pues catching up on some reading um right now i'm reading open veins of latin america it's my first time reading it um very 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 good book um but yeah, I mean, and you know, Union has come out with a couple of statements. I like to read that. Um, I've been creating, you know. You've been working out your brain. Yeah, yeah, because honestly, <laughs> like, you know, I don't like working out. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to keep it up here. <laughs> I feel it, I feel it. Uh, but yeah, yeah so yeah, man. you know, that's, you know, political education, you know, it's, that's, no matter what's happening in the world, that's always really important. So, yeah, oh, I've been doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's beautiful. You can, we couldn't have put it any any which way possible. You know, liberate your body and mind. That's so nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Compas. That's great. <laughs> um, what about you, JC? Huh? What? What about you? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I I've been I've been jump roping in here, uh, which is wild. Nice. I'm tall. You know, I'm not that tall. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just six feet. So you could only you could imagine the the image. My 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 roommate here. You know. He's not laughing, but if he were anybody else, I'm pretty sure they'd be laughing looking at me the way that <laughs> I do that. My roommate has also a, he has a a pull up uh, thingy that you could put on the on the door. I don't know. Yeah. What so I've been doing pull ups and uh, doing some push ups, but I say I've been doing you know I've been been because uh, I haven't I haven't I didn't do that. It's been like at least, been like at least a week that that I've done that because uh, I just. I don't know. I feel maybe I'm going through a funk or something, but, uh, but I need to get back on that because the exercise truly, truly helps me focus and, and really, really stimulates my mind. And, and it gives me a peace of mind because I know that I'm helping myself. So it's always good to, to exercise. I uh, should be more of an example though. I'll be posting videos soon. <laughs> of, of the awkward routine. Nice. Um, nice. But uh, I, uh, that was beautiful, though. I really love that combination. The people's yoga and liberate your mind. That's, that's, that's love. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to go ahead and leave with this. Uh, compa, compa Kelly and, and Compa Armando, whoever would like to go first. Um, just what, what, do you, what, what advice do you have for Rasa during this time? And uh, just any last words? Any last words? Whoever wants to go first. Um, I would just say, like, you know, stay connected as much as you can. Uh, reach out if you need help. Um, let people know. You know, there's different ways of letting people know. You know, like, people can put signs up in um, front and say what they need, and people can put signs up and say what they have because we need to be able to rely on one another. And, you know, if you don't have a device, if you don't have Internet, uh, maybe you have a phone, 
maybe, you know, when you take a walk with your mask covered up, you can, you know, say a kind word to your neighbor, but just stay connected and stay alive and realize that this too shall pass. That's right, compa. Beautiful words. Um, just, you know, look out for one another. That's, you know, check in, like compa Kelly said, but also with, um, be the person who, who is also wanting to check in on others and just making sure that everyone's okay and that you know you not only your network but outside of that and like you know just yeah check yeah. in with one another make sure that everything's all right that's good that's good i love that i love that compass um and remember to subscribe or, or go ahead and check out people's yoga um to liberate your your body and uh also do some political political education um, and read some books. You know, Malcolm X is great. Um, and liberate your mind. So stay connected too, nonetheless. And have compassion right now. Right now it's compassion. You need, you need to be in tune with your emotional intelligence because you know, the things that you can run away from on everyday life and be distracted, it kind of all comes right back to you right now. We can't run away from it. So we really need to be in tune with that and understand that we need to be forgiving as well towards each other because uh there's a lot of things that tend to boil over but we're all one right we're all connected um but anyway i thank you for your time compa kelly compa armando um and it was a pleasure and let's do this again appreciate it thank you thank you yeah no thank you check us out org, la verdad publications this is the paula seves podcast we appreciate it that is it for today we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please show us some love by posting comments and or sharing or following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Use our handle at Unión del Barrio. The PA Podcast is a bi-monthly program that offers both audio and video content. It is a production of La Verdad Publications, the informational hub of Unión del Barrio. This is part of our ongoing work to keep our communities informed about current events and the most important political issues of the day. It is our hope to break the monopoly of the political information that the corporate media maintains over our communities. Unión del Barrio is a pro-raza liberation political organization, and we dedicate all of our work to organizing and defending the interests of raza communities within the current border of the U.S. You can find out more about us at our organizational webpage at www.uniondelbarrio.org. The editor-in-chief of La Verdad Publications and producer of the PA Podcast is compañero Harry Simón Salazar. Once again, I'm your host, Juan Carlos Lozano. And always remember, the powers and the people and the politics that we address. On behalf of Unión del Barrio, we hope you continue listening to our shows. Y que viva la raza.